the left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing the yellow shot. Save made by Aguila. Three bounce. Another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg. All right. Happy Friday. Let's get it going on this Friday, May 26th. Coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, it's been quite the week for the Flames. A lot of excitement surrounding the hiring of Craig Conroy and a lot of intrigue about what now comes next for the Flames and kind of the, the next steps for Craig Conroy. We wait to see who the new head coach is going to be. Of course, we've heard some different names. We know the internal candidates for the Flames. You know, Elliot Friedman has uh, mentioned a number of names that could be on the external front, whether it be Gerard Gallant, Peter Laviolette, Alex Tongay, Andrew Burnett, and more. So there are definitely some external names that are now entering the conversation. So we wait for that. There's a lot of intrigue about potential player movement on this team. What does that end up looking like? And what do we see when it comes to the futures of Elias Lindholm or the futures of Noah Hannafin and many of the other pending UFAs that come up after this year? There's the UFAs they got to get done right away. And don't forget about the 2023 NHL draft, which is now just over a month away. Um, There's a lot of people talking about how there might be movement at the NHL draft and how the Flames might be a team that's very active. This will be Conroy's first draft at the helm. Won't be his first draft period, but his first draft at the helm when it comes to making the decisions and making the calls. And what we, we know his predecessor was always very busy when draft day came around and we knew that uh, that week was always one where Brad got a lot of his work done and a lot of his good work done. So what about, what about Craig Conroy? What type of work does he do um, at the NHL draft? It's going to be very interesting to see. And uh, I'm curious to see how the next even month plays out leading into the flames. who have five of their seven picks at the 2023 NHL draft. Want to uh, kick off the program, though, and kick off this hour. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Craig Conroy from a guy who knows him really well. Conroy now officially the general manager. He's been on the job for like 72 hours or so officially. And I want to say hello as we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Check in with uh, former Flame, Flames alumni member, and Calgary Hitman head coach Matt Stajan kicking off this hour on Flames Talk. Matty, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not the head coach, though. You got that one wrong. Did I say head coach? You did. Oh, I didn't mean... I just Hamilton's the head coach. No, no. I know Steve Hamilton's the head coach. I'm, I, I, I meant second year as a coach with the uh, uh, with the Calgary Hitman. No, I know I know Hammy's the head coach. It's just the second time. I, I, got a, I had to call you out because you would call me out. All, all those years I played for every little mistake I made. So <laughs> I had to catch hey, you. I, I, I appre- you know what? You know what? I appreciate a little, uh, a little payback down the road. And by the way, by the way, it was only early on. I, uh, I came to my senses and, and came way back on board in the, uh, in the last or the back half of your time in Calgary. No, I loved it. It's, uh, it's part of the game. As you're a pro athlete. You're going to get critiqued when things aren't going well, and that's, uh, that's what makes the sport so great, right? People have opinions. and um, Yeah, but you came around definitely, and, and um, yeah, we have the relationship we have now. 
Well, and I uh, right here on my uh, on my rundown it says Calgary Hitman head coach. So I, uh, I I clearly messed that one up. Even though you are very clearly uh, one of the assistants on Hammy's staff. Um, what uh, what were your thoughts or what was your your opinion on Craig Conroy being named uh, general manager of the Calgary Flames? Oh, I liked it. I, I think it, it was the right right call. Um, obviously, I'm really happy for Connie and his family. But uh, he, he's putting his time. I think, you know, you, you gain experience um, over the years, whatever it is you're doing. And Connie's been doing that for, you know, 10, 12 years at 14 years. I don't even know how, how long it's been pretty much since he retired. So through those years, you gain experience. And, um, you know, that's, that's the only way to do it is putting in your time. And you surround yourself with people to help you along the way. And, and um, he'll continue to do that. But, uh it's well-deserved and we all love Connie. So um, we're all excited to see, uh, you know, the vision he has and, and uh, how this, uh, how, how the Flames franchise moves forward now. Well, I, I want to ask you a little bit about, you know, Conroy, the teammate and, and you got traded here uh, going way back to January. Uh, what was it? January, 2010, when that deal got made and you get moved here from Toronto and Craig Conroy's on that team. And, and one of the established veterans and established leaders on that team. I'm just curious your, your impressions of Craig when you joined the flames all those years ago. Oh, he was great. You know, he, he, uh, him and Jerome were, you know, Jerome was the captain, but Connie was, uh, you know, obviously a huge leader in that dressing room and very welcoming. You know, you get calls, texts from both of them. Um, they're both family guys and, um, you know, it didn't take long. I came in, I think it was Jerome's a thousandth game, like two weeks later. So you get to meet everybody. Um, and then the next year, this is just, just speaking on Connie, Every year he would have uh, have the guys who didn't have extended family in town or who didn't go home for Christmas um, over at his place for, for Chinese food. He would do that on Christmas Eve for nice. for a lot of the guys. So it, very welcoming. Anybody who knows Connie knows what he's like. I can tell you stories all day. But, um, you know, it, like everybody, he kept the room light. But he also, um, like everybody, wants to win. And he, he knows, you know, the fine line and, um, I think, you know, he's just uh, a great guy, you know, to have around in any situation and, and to lead the way now, I think it's a, it's a great move for, for the Calgary Flames. A lot of, uh, everybody always talks about how, how nice a guy he is, right? And, you know, he's, he's the, the easygoing, aw shucks, Craig Conroy. You were a teammate with him though. Like, did, did you see him get fired up? Was, was he a guy who could, uh, get pretty pissed off as well? Yeah, well, definitely. Um, I don't think he gets to the to the NHL and play for as long as he did um, without having that fire. Um, he, when things aren't going right, something needs to be said. You know, he he's he was the first guy who would who would uh, snap and and call guys out. And you know, he he's a guy that that wore his emotions on his sleeve. Like you you knew um, how Connie was feeling, and he let you know. And it was fair. It was, he's always he's an honest guy. And, I think that's why people appreciate him so much and, you know, obviously the energy he brings and um, to say he, he never blew up, to say any of us never blow up uh, at the rink during our careers would be a lie. Everybody has their moments and Connie was a guy that definitely uh, was fiery and, and, and you love to see that side of guys because uh, if you don't see that, then, you know, they don't have that passion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you 
as as he was winding down his career and and that that final year with the Flames, he, he wasn't playing a ton and and you know was probably contemplating what comes next. Did you did you think hockey management like was that was that what you would have thought would have been next for Craig? Yeah, I, I always thought he'd be in the game. It's it's uh, you know it's funny because then in my career I kind of found myself in the same role as him um, as he was in 2010. But I knew you know he was going to be around the game and um, just just from like the management side, I think he was natural for that. Um, I know it's not really comparable, but like just you know the fantasy baseball pools or football pools we'd have and he'd be fiery they'd always be trying to make trades and and that's obviously <laughs> not even comparable to now but you saw that that strate- strategy uh that he had and and uh, and then over the years he's learned at the nhl level and and being in that office how how it all works and he's worked under a lot of um well-respected people and you know so i think his time's now he's ready um uh, i think we all all saw his interviews excited um, and we'll see how, how it goes for him and his family. I think it's a, it's a really big step for the, for the Flames. Well, it's, it's funny, you touched on it a little bit right there. What, what are the attributes or the qualities that you think will make him a, a really strong GM in this league? Well, he's, he's, you know, he has a good vision on things. I think he, he likes to you know, think outside the box, definitely. He's, um, you know, he's very, well, he's fiery. Like, he's not scared to to make things happen when, when things need to happen. I think, um, you know, we'll see how things go. He, he's obviously has a really good eye for talent over the years. The, some of the players he's brought in and, you know, from, you know, college free agents to the draft. And I know he's traveled a lot. So, you know, that aspect's obviously important in today's game, bringing in young guys through the draft, but also he's, uh, you know, he's, he played a long time. He was a smart player and he knows, uh, you know, what, what, what it takes and, and, what kind of player he wants and helps your team. So that, that always helps. And, and for Kanye, I, th- I just think he's just looking to get going. Um, but he's not a guy that just sits back. I'll tell you that he's going to be, um, you know, as fiery as he is and excited as he always seems when you talk to him, um, that's his personality. And that's, uh, that's what he brings to the job too. He's always looking for a way to, to keep getting better and, and make things happen. We're chatting with Matt Stajan, uh, former Flame, Calgary Hitman, assistant coach, joining us here on Flames Talk on this uh, Friday. What uh, it's funny you you talked about being in a very similar role to Craig near the near the end of your career, and and as you were getting to a thousand games in the NHL, did uh, as as that was happening, did you ever think about that or or pick Connie's brain as he would have been in management at that point? Like you 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 kind of the career trajectory in that respect was was very similar as you mentioned. Yeah, I I would always talk to Connie about things, and um, when you play with with somebody, and and then you see him around the rink all the time, and we were lucky enough to have Connie um, in the organization a lot of ways while I was still playing. You, you would always you you chat as like like your friends, like your teammates, but also uh, you know just getting feedback uh, and um, you know his opinion on things because obviously he's been through it. Um, just like if someone calls me now. Uh, you know, you go through it, and um, and his his style. It keep he was you know more offensive in his prime of his career, and had some big years with 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 uh, with Iggy there. And um, but like pretty pretty similar with with how our careers you know kind of came to a close here in Calgary with hitting a thousand games and and then staying in the organization. Um, so he's definitely a guy I've always kind of 
looked up to and, and, um, you know, watched and see how he does things and try to kind of emulate the things that he does. Cause he's a, uh, he's such a well-respected person. Do you, uh, do you, did you talk to him or have you talked to him much since you've made the transition to the coaching rank? Yeah, I've talked to him. I've, I've called him for advice and, and picked his brain a little bit on things and, um, we'll continue to do so. I, I think it's, it's never, never a bad thing to, to call, you know, a friend, uh, someone who's been through it all and get, get, you know, an opinion or advice from. So I've called him, I've talked to him, you know, I was talking to him before he got hired and, and, uh, obviously he's, he's swamped right now with probably, um, hundreds of text messages and, and with the draft coming up. So, um, we'll, we'll let it slide a bit here and, and you don't want to bug the guy cause he's probably one of the busiest guys in Calgary. So, but definitely he's, you know, any, anybody in, in well, any facet of life, you know, uh, you look to someone, if you respect someone, it's not a bad thing to ask questions and, and get advice from them because uh, that's how we all learn. Matt, it's, you, you talked about Craig going right from his playing days into, uh, into management with the organization. Not quite as immediate for you. You went to, you went to Europe and then, uh, then decided to retire and then got into coaching with the hip in the last two seasons. But what, what is it about the kind of the overall organization, the, the CSEC side of things, what it is, or, or maybe it's the, the city of Calgary. What is it about here and, and sticking around in Calgary, sticking around with the Flames organization that we see so many guys do that? And, and not just you two, we're talking about potentially Jerome McGinley coming back and uh, lots of guys involved in the alumni and Lanny's still involved, all that type of stuff. What, what about it makes, makes you want to stick around? Well, like for, for, for myself and my family, we just love the city and, um, you know, you become a part of it. It's, you know, Calgary's a, a, a big city, you know, when you really look at it, but it doesn't have that feel. It, we, we feel like, you know, one big family really. Um, and you know, I, that's, that's kind of saying a lot about a, a city with, with millions of people, but, um, it does feel that way. It just feels close here and you, you build relationships. You see people around that you always see, um, you run into to those people. And, and then the flames organization, CSEC, it's just, it, it, again, it's like when you're a part of it for as long as, you know, some of us have been, um, you, you just feel the closest in there. Everybody, um, works together. You know what the values are. And, and, um, you know, for us, it was just a no brainer to stay here. But if you're continue to be a part of that, now with the alumni and, and obviously with the hitmen and um, and you know what they they identify people who, who are respectful and, and live a certain way and I think uh, those are the people you want in your life so when you're surrounded by those people uh, mm. whether it's at work or in the city it's uh, it's kind of uh, you know that that's your answer right there it's it's a good place to be. We're chatting with uh, former Flame Matt Stage and Calgary Hitman assistant coach here on Flames Talk. So, okay, let's uh, just for just to to wrap it up with a few just about you. How uh, two years into being on that bench with Steve Hamilton's staff and and being assist an assistant with the Hitman, how how have you enjoyed it? What have the the first two years as a coach been like? Oh, I've really enjoyed it. It's um, you learn so much early on and. And, and then you find your groove, but, uh, you know, Steve Hamilton and, and, um, Trent Kassan have been awesome to work with. Um, you know, our coaching staff really meshes well together and, and, you know, you, you get, you build bonds with, with the players and, you know, their, their kids, but, you know, you, you just helping them along and watching them grow has been, uh, it's been really nice. And, and then you get, you get the competitive juices back too. When you're a coach, you, uh, 
you're never gonna you're never gonna you know be able to get that fire and feeling back of playing in an NHL game you know the competitiveness that it brings but I'd say coaching is probably as, as close as you can get to that so um, that's been nice and um, yeah just I've always and will continue to be around the game and um, you know as I go forward and, and keep deciding uh, what path I want to take it's uh, it's been very gratifying and, and you know that's that's what I've always done is hockey so I don't see myself ever separating myself from the game because it's just what I love to do. And, and um, the last two years have, have been awesome, uh, you know, to get to learn so much in, in, in the environment that I was in. Is, uh, is NHL coaching something that you're interested in? Well, I think everybody has, you know, I made the NHL as a player and, and you know, that's my dream. But you, you always want to get back to the top when you're doing something for sure. Um, you know, right now it's, it's a balance for myself with, with, you know, two kids, uh, age four and eight, where you don't want to be gone from them because they're in their prime years and, and they grow up fast. It's crazy that they're, um, at those ages already. So that's the balance for me is, is figuring out, um, you know, uh, how much I want to be away. And, and, um, I don't know if that would work right now with, with how I want to live my life with my family and I yeah. want to spend time with my kids, watch them grow, but down the road for sure. It's, uh. It's definitely, you know, when, when they get older, I'd definitely be um, eager and, and would want to go after that because uh, that's, that's what we all want to do. So, and, and I guess in that regard, then you, you have a little bit more flexibility in that regard and, and being away from home with the Hitmen and, and in the Western League and, you know, coaching in your hometown uh, would, would definitely be a big, uh, kind of a, a, a big benefit as well. So, I guess I guess it's just is coaching the path that that you've chosen is that is that the road you want to go down or are you still kind of open to a lot of things when it comes to staying in hockey? Yeah, no, I definitely open to a lot of things. I, you know, when I when I retired and, and came back from Europe and uh, I went and met with with Tree um, and Connie or and Connie and and the staff there. Um, just to see, like I would volunteer. I was at a few prospect camps in the summer and they had me come out and, uh, you know, their advice to me was take a year and, and kind of steal out, you know, what, what path you want to take. And, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to get opportunities here and there. So, um, you know, the year went on, I was doing some media stuff and, and then COVID hit. So then everything went sideways, but then, yeah. uh, you know the, the the hitman coaching job kind of fell out of out of uh, left field with uh, with Joel deciding to to retire and uh, move on with his uh, hips and and everything that he was dealing with. So it was a you know great opportunity for for me to jump on and and um, join the hitman staff. It's a uh, it's great hockey. You know the players are you know it's the best junior league in the world and you learn a lot. And um, working with Steve and Trent and them knowing that. I, uh, you know, have a young family, you know, that, you know, we really work together to, to make sure that, that we, we have a, the right balance, uh, but it still is a lot. And I'm definitely open to, you know, other opportunities if they come, but, um, I'll always want to be in the game and I, I really enjoy the coaching aspect hundred percent. I could see myself, um, you know, continuing or, or being involved in that aspect for sure going forward. But player development is always something I, I, I've looked at doing and, and learning the game, you know, even at a management level, even just to sit in on and learn. Uh, I, I'm open to all that stuff because I love the game and, and, you know, you just want to keep learning and building uh, relationships uh, to, to grow yourself. Cause yeah, you're playing career so long and, 
it's only so long and you play what 15 years and I was lucky enough to play that long. Yeah. Um, but you still have, you know, hopefully another 50 years to live and, uh, or more and, and you're not going to do nothing. So I'm, I'm really liking, uh, the, the path I'm on with, with how I've learned and I'll continue to look for ways to, to keep going. Uh, I, I hear you might have an in with the, with the flames. You might have a, a contact the general manager if you're, if you're ever interested. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll definitely use that. I put him on speed <laughs> dial, so, um, have to, have to get at, I'll give him a week and then I'll, I'll be hitting that. So yeah, let him, uh, let him, let him acclimate to getting 600 text messages a day, I guess would probably be the best way to go about it. Matty, appreciate the time, man. That was, uh, that was cool. Chad, good to catch up with you, uh, and enjoy the rest of your summer and uh, good luck next season as an assistant coach with the Calgary Hitman. Thanks for doing this, man. All right. Thanks, Pat. Anytime, buddy. All right. Be well. That's Matt Stajan of the Calgary Hitman, uh, two years into his coaching career with the Hitman and also a former member of the Calgary Flames. He hit 1,000 games as a member of the Flames and just wanted to pick Stage's brain on Craig Conroy being the general manager of the team. Uh, Matt joined us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out our deliveries at 403 248 44. It's Steinberg along with you on this Friday edition of Flames Talk. It is gorgeous out. It seems like maybe the smoke is uh, starting to uh, be behind us. And it uh, looks like we got a gorgeous weekend ahead. And as the temperature's warming up, here we are in late May. The It's getting light earlier. It's staying light later. Uh, you know what that means. Uh, our friends at Trail Appliances want you to upgrade your grilling game. Upgrade your game with Napoleon Grills from Trail Appliances with advanced grilling features, engineered performance, and masterful designs. Right now, you can receive up to $150 instant rebate on qualifying Napoleon Grills. Now, I have to uh, vouch for the Napoleon, and I got to vouch for the service at Trail. Um, as, as I told you last week, when I moved into my condo about a decade ago, the, literally the first thing, first purchase I made before a couch, uh, before a, a coffee table was a barbecue. Uh, I had a gas hookup for the first time ever. So I went down to trail, uh, and spoke with the incredible representatives there and, and they were like, okay, what's the size of your deck? And, and what are you looking to do with it? How, how, uh, crazy you look, are you, are you looking for four burners? Do you want two burners? Do you need a rotisserie? All that type of stuff. Anyway, we figured out the perfect Napoleon grill for the deck and the size of my uh, of my balcony, and it has been uh, literally. I've had it for ten years. It works the same now as it did when I first got it. Maybe uh, you know could probably use a cleaning going into barbecue season, but otherwise it works the exact same. I can vouch for the Napoleon. They're always hot on those grills. You've got all kinds of options. They're reliable. Uh, Trail Appliances has Napoleon, Canadian made, and many other of your favorite barbecue brands in stock. They offer delivery, installation, and setup of your new barbecue so you could uh, just get grilling without any uh, without any delay and just get grilling without any learning curve. Look, it's great for steaks, it's great for chicken, it's great for turkey, it's great for kebabs, but a couple things I've started to do, grilled pineapple and grilled zucchini. A little olive oil on the zucchini, a little bit of sea salt, bam, mark it, then up onto the top rack, let it cook a little bit under kind of under indirect heat, and the, the grilled pineapple, you'll never go wrong with that. Step up your barbecue game. Visit Trail Appliances in-store or online at trailappliances.com slash barbecue. One more time, that's trailappliances.com slash barbecue. 
barbecue. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Flamestock is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. So the Florida Panthers are off to the Stanley Cup final, and now we wait to see who moves on to face them. Western Conference final moves back to Vegas for Game 5 after Dallas stayed alive Thursday night. Joe Pavelski, overtime winner. Stars win Game 4, and uh, they send it back to Vegas that's the next opportunity for the Golden Knights to move on to their second ever Stanley Cup final. Uh, lots to talk about on the goaltending front. We'll get into some flame stuff as well with uh, our buddy Brent Cron, who joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Podcast Hotline right now. Uh, but want to start with uh, just some uh, some stuff around the league, Mister Cron. How are we doing? You know what? I was uh, I was I had a bunch of you know loaded up with meetings this afternoon, and uh, on my way back from one of them, I ran into all the uh, the uh, Gordy Hell Cares is on the program this weekend. Yeah. And uh, ran into a guy named Darcy Hordachuk. Not sure if you remember him at all. I do uh, remember him. I, uh, a, big, uh, a big mixed martial arts fan. We, uh, we reminisced about, uh, he asked me, he said, hey, you know, I remember your name. You know, he said, you know, you were probably one of the best goalies I ever shot against and never really scored on you but her. Right. It's what he was very complimentary. Um, but then we got uh, talking and he's like, yeah, I know. Like he said, when did you play? And I said, well, I played in the uh, Stephen Pete era of the Calgary Hitman. It's like, ah, yes, 1999 to 2001, right? Um, and so we reminisced about the old, good old days. We played in the second round. Him and Pete would fight at basically at the start. As soon as the puck would be dropped, they would drop the gloves. And that was when Eric Goddard obviously was, uh, it was kind of the top three there. Pete, Goddard, Hortichuk, and then uh, Jimmy Vandermeer mixed his way into that too, and he could uh, keep up with the best of them. So it was a different era, different time, Pat. No doubt. Hordachuk in uh, Hordachuk one year in the International League had 369 penalty minutes. <laughs> I know. You know, and when he smiles, his teeth look fantastic, but you can't imagine all of them are his own. <laughs> well, if you if you get to 369 penalty minutes or back to back with the Blades, he had 246 and 269. Yeah, it's it's tough. If you're going to rack up those type of penalty minutes, it means you have to fight. And if you're going to fight at that frequency, yeah, you're probably going to lose a tooth or two. Yeah. Well, I know. And then, you know, Rich Preston was on. That's kind of how the whole thing started. So Rico was telling one of his uh, long-winded stories, right, about uh, yes, you know, the WHA and uh, how things operate. And so we were kind of filling in the gap there. Corey Sarich walked by, too, and Curtis Glencross and uh, – you know, just uh, catching up, reminiscing. You know, it's, it's kind of nice. You forget sometimes uh, how far removed you are from hockey until you run into the guys that are in the same boat and all of a sudden you start talking about old stories. We had our alumni golf tournament yesterday too, and just to catch up with a bunch of guys was uh, was quite a treat. I did not. Old stories. I did not know that Hordachuk played three games with the Hitman. I did not know that. Uh, I didn't know that either. I had no idea. Just before he, he went are you to looking him up right now. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. He played three games with the Hitman in '96, '97. And uh, then must have gone, uh, must have gone elsewhere to play, and then joined the Blades. Um, Couldn't cut it, eh? 
I, I get that must that's the only uh, that's the only thing that uh, I can I can ascertain is that he couldn't cut it. Well, it's, you know, it's, I mean, I didn't know that obviously, but uh, the Hibben had high standards. Right? So he went. So, so he went that. back to. Oh, he went. He, you'll like this. He went back to Dauphin, played with the Kings, oh, and then yeah. joined the Blades for ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, I played in Dauphin when I, I played. I think I played. I played. Well, I didn't think. I know I played three games in the MJHL, two in the Paw Manitoba, which is a beautiful city if you can want to check it out, uh, and uh, and and then we, we finished up in Dauphin, and there was the old airplane hangar, and the rink was really short but wide. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, I was 15. It uh, opened my eyes. We'll just say that. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy that you could reminisce on this Friday. That's a good way to end the week, my friend. Uh, Brent Kron's with us. Okay, what is this Sergei Bobrovsky story? He has been all over the place since joining the Florida Panthers. And then he gets the playoffs this year, doesn't even start the postseason, as Florida's number one, and now he's the best goaltender on the planet, and he's the one of two driving forces why the Florida Panthers are four games away from winning their first ever Stanley Cup. Like what? What is happening here? How did this Sergei Bobrovsky story come to be? You know, when, when so <laughs> when you're playing on a team that is not expected to win every night in the Columbus Blue Jackets, you can go out there and do your job and know that you're the backbone, and you're just you're going to get peppered. You're going to get tons of shots, scoring chances. You, you got your mind made up that you know you may not win, but you got to keep it close. You sign a monster deal. You go to Florida, and now all of a sudden you're expected to win. And not everybody is built to work on a winning hockey team. It's, sometimes it's a lot easier to be a uh, an underdog and just go out there and just do your best, and everybody's just happy that you're there and, and doing great and whatever. And now you know he, he's been in Florida, and he's been absolutely he's been absolutely terrible. And we've all seen that. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been a he's been a fib. He's everything is, is, is going in from from uh, from <laughs> everything's going in. And then also he gets in the net. You know, I think Alex Lyon was the one that got him into the playoffs for crying out loud, right? Yeah. Like they couldn't even count on Bobrovsky to get him into the playoffs. And he gets hot now, and they're paying him a boatload of cash. And basically, they're paying him eighty million dollars to win the Stanley Cup today or this playoff round. And it, it, it's crazy. I mean, you, you never forget how to stop the puck. You never forget how to score goals. You never forget how to play your position. But confidence has a lot to do with it. And he's he, he's he's hot. He's he's unbeatable. He it, it, it's crazy. I mean, I think it was after uh, after game five there against the Bruins. Um, you know, he comes in and just all of a sudden starts uh, saves. He's not even supposed to make. He, he's tremendous. He's tremendously athletic, right? Like he's he's so good down low. He's flexible. He, you know, he, 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 he's so fun to watch. And I'll never forget when he got traded to Florida, uh, his first year, I was with a buddy of mine and I said, Hey, we, we got to go watch Bobrovsky play. Cause he is, he is for my money, one of the top three goalies in the national hockey. Like he's, he's just, his skill level, his talent, his athleticism, his flexibility, everything. He's just, he's awesome to watch. And, and, I, and I think the Flames beat them five or six, one, like it was just, Blew him out of the water, and and buddy's looking at me like this. Okay, like I know who he is, obviously, but what's going on here? And, and, and all of a sudden, here that this lull of the last three years he's had is now all of a sudden. Hey, you know what? It's it's so funny how quickly it turns. It's like, well, now he's a ten million dollar goalie again. Yeah. As long as he wins the Stanley Cup, it's totally fine, right? And you watch him, and he's calm, he's relaxed, he's not overplaying stuff. He's he barely moves unless he needs to. He's not out of position. He doesn't make desperation saves. Um. And he's making just he's, he's 
overtime, he's, he's, he's dialed in. He's, I don't know what's going on there. I really don't. I have no clue. I think he might be just tired of sitting on his yacht in Miami <laughs> for the playoffs. I think he probably wants to do something a little bit, and he might just shut her right back down again. I don't know. But he, whatever he's doing, don't stop until you win. What uh, what goes into a goalie getting hot? Like in, at times when all of a sudden maybe you didn't have it and then snap, you found it. Like what goes into that happening? I wish I knew because I would not be talking on the phone with you right now. <laughs> it's, it is, it is, I don't even know how to, but it's for any position in sport, right? It's like, you know, when guys are absolutely dialed in and nothing's going to, nothing's going to beat them. Um, he, he just, he just looks to me. The big thing for him is, is just being calm. He, he's so guys coming in on a break, but he hardly moves, doesn't bite on the deke. He's in traffic. He makes himself big. Puck, the puck finds him. He can't even see it. It's hitting him. Um, and he's, he, if I knew, man, I, I, I'd tell you. I'd patent it and I'd sell it. Uh, you, you, you just don't know. It, and, and, and the turn of events, he probably thought he was losing the first time when he came in anyway. After he replaced uh, Alex Lyon there, he's like, well, we're probably done anyway. So I'll just go out there and have some fun and do my best. And yeah. turns out he's actually... Oh, wow, this kind of, he didn't have to think about it. He wasn't stressed about it. He wasn't nervous. He just went in there and was like, oh, I'll just give it my best shot and see what happens. You know, I'm living in Miami, making $10 million a year, living in the state of Florida with no state tax, you know, just printing money. My life's probably not that bad. And, and you just see him now, and it's just, he's, you can tell he's having a good time. And stuff that goes in, it's a redirection, it's a funny bounce, and it doesn't even get to him. He just gets back up and keeps going. And, and, and I mean, much like, uh, Aiden Hill right now too in in Vegas like he he looks unbeatable too but it's obviously a smaller sample size but it's you, you get hot at the right time Cam Ward did it with Carolina and, and believe me I mean he's he's a he's a he was a phenomenal goalie for the, for his whole career but he got hot in his rookie season wanted to stand the cup and it's like well you win a Stanley Cup you you get the benefit of the doubt you're a Stanley Cup winner and and you can carve out a, quite a career for yourself but you get hot at the right time your 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 name is etched in history and yep. Bobrovsky is. Is, is is going down that path for sure. Chatting with uh, Brent Cron, talking some playoff goaltending here on Flames Talk. Yeah, what about Aiden Hill? Uh, I know that the Golden Knights don't close it out in Game Four on Thursday night, but you know he comes in in that Oilers series, and you're like, oh boy, uh, Laurent Brassois, who I know you're a huge fan of, uh, but Laurent Brassois gets hurt, and in comes Aiden Hill, and now it's on his shoulders. Logan Thompson's hurt, Laurent Brassois hurt. They don't. It doesn't feel like they have a ton of appetite to rely on Jonathan Quick as as the guy right now, and so it's Aiden Hill, and he hasn't looked back. What what have your observations on him been? You know, I, I was concerned when they played the Oilers there, where Vegas got up really quick on the first shot, got up one nothing, and then the Oilers scored in the next two shots, and it was two one basically within three minutes of the start of the hockey game. Yeah, yeah, and, and I thought, you know what, a guy like this. Who, who hasn't been around for a long time, being in Edmonton in a giant hockey market with two of the best hockey players on the planet. Like, this is, you know, I'm, I wonder how long he'll last. they got a guy like Jonathan Quick on the bench that at least has been there, where if he's going to take his lick, and this guy could probably do it over Aiden Hill all day long. And he just shut the door. And and, and, and I was like, wait a second, wow, what's going on here? And, and, and the guy hasn't looked in the rearview mirror once. He just kept going. He He's winning games. He's... The, the, the team itself, the, the Vegas Golden Knights themselves, since Hill has gone in the net, 
they've calmed right down too because Brassois is for as well as he was playing, I think everybody was pretty pretty impressed. But he, he creates a lot of extra mess around the net. A lot of rebounds, a lot of kind of desperation saves, a lot of awkward saves. Whereas Hill is a lot more positional of a goaltender. And, and, and he he can read the play exceptionally well, and especially now since he, he he's on his game. But you know he wasn't giving up those rebounds. You know things were pucks were going in the corner. He was he was smothering them. He was making key saves at big times. Didn't let the game get out of hand. And, he, and he's just kind of gone about it, uh, very nonchalant, very calm, very controlled. And 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 and, and now he's in a very similar spot as Bobrovsky, where. Pucks are hitting him, and, and Hill's bigger than, than Bobrovsky. Mm-hmm. Not as athletic, but he's bigger in stature and, and just kind of the way he plays the game. He's a lot more, uh, um, a bit, bit more blocky, but, but, but super, you know, athletic nonetheless. But he's telling that too, where he's given, you know, the, the, the Knights, the way they play their system, a, a lot of confidence to play defense, to give up that first shot, to, to, to collapse to the middle, to, to support. But Hill's got that shot. They believe in him. And you, you, you mean I know I know Dallas won last night, but the game didn't need to go to overtime. He made that great save there with them under a minute left. I can't remember who it was that was cutting cross ice from left to right and make that pad save look look routine. There's a ton of pressure on you for stuff like that. Like, and, and he just making it look like he's just going out there and playing the street hockey with his buddies and having a good time. And it, and it, it, it's awesome to watch. It's so much fun to watch because with these guys when they're dialed in, it is it, especially in goal when guys can just uh, play the position and you know that things are going right. It's just how smooth it is. It almost just kind of reminds me a lot of Kippersoff in, in, in 2004 where he's just so good, so dialed in, ahead of the play. You just, you just knew he was going to stop the puck. And if you let a goal in, you didn't have any doubt because, like, oh, that, something must have happened. A guy fanned on a shot or it must have hit somebody. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're giving the goal the benefit of the doubt. And that's what these two guys are doing right now. What uh, What's going on with Jake Ottinger? Uh, you know, it's... it's... He hasn't. We all saw what he did in the first round versus Calgary last year. He started 61 games during the regular season for Dallas and posted a 9.19 save percentage. A huge reason why the Stars had the season they did. What are you seeing in his game on the other side of the Western Conference Final? You know, obviously, he's very capable. He, he he could very easily. I mean, I, I do believe it's too late now, but but he's that type of goaltender too, where he's he's a top he's a top ten goalie in the National Hockey League for sure. He, he he's super talented. He he's uh, he's a backbone of the Dallas Stars in my opinion. But this, this playoff, he's been super inconsistent. You know his his reads are bad. Um, it looks like there's a lot of guesswork in his game. Guys are coming in and beating him clean. Whereas obviously we saw in the first round last year where there was there's no way you were beating him ever. I mean we're you know, I, I, I give credit to Markstrom a ton for watching Ottinger do what he did and Markstrom being unflappable and not giving up that bad goal at the bad time in, in order for the Flames to win that series. But Ottinger just looks out of sorts. He, he, he's, he scrambles. He loses his net. You can see him over-challenge. You can see him have to recover. And, and he's got a, he, he, he just looks... You know, that overtime goal in game one, too, where he didn't know where the puck was. He's kind of spinning around. He slides back in his net. Um, and that, not to say that's a bad goal, but for a, a, a guy like him and the way he plays, for him to chase the puck like that, you know he's off. And, and I love when you, uh, you know, when the, when the, the media or, or the games on TV that they post, you know, he's 7-0 and or whatever it is. I'm, I'm making the number up. Yeah. After a loss, his numbers are great. But uh, that, that's fine. But but this 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 year in particular, he's he's 
there's been a lot more losses and, and a lot more has been on him. So for a, for a team like Dallas, who is more of a defensive minded team, who gives Ottinger the first shot and, and potentially sometimes the second, they rely on their goaltender to be their best player. And when Ottinger's not, you can really tell um, that, uh, that he's off his game. And right now, I mean, you know, the Florida gives up a ton of chances too. And if they had Ottinger net in Florida, you know, Florida wouldn't be in the playoffs. Like I, I, I've, I, I saw something on Twitter the other day. Well, who would you rather have? You know, you know, Huberto and Calgary or Kachuk in, in Florida. Well, we'd rather have Huberto with Bobrovsky and Nett with the way he's playing. It's like a goaltender can, can, can make up the difference in almost every aspect, right? And if you have a hot goaltender, you, there's, there's no question. But if you have a poor – I mean, look at Edmonton. They're, they're, they're roasting Skinner right now for his, for his playoffs. I mean, nobody trusted Jack Campbell, but Skinner didn't have a great playoff and they're all over the wall. We need a goalie. We need a goalie. We need a goalie. Well, if you put Bobrovsky right now, the way he's playing in Edmonton, Edmonton's probably going to the final. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to get hot at the right time. Ottinger's not, he's not bad, but he's not the difference maker like he was last year, even though he didn't get past the first round, that series should have been over a lot quicker than it did. And we saw a small sample size of Ottinger. We're like, wow, this kid is amazing. And he really is. But now it's either in the conference final, and I mean, even in Seattle, he wasn't that great. And he's been he's been exposed in Vegas, and uh, it happens. Another learning curve for a young goaltender, and I'm sure he'll be better for it. And and you know, I mean, the series isn't over, but it, it, it's over. Yeah, uh, Brent Cron's with us. Couple more with our NHL goaltending analyst, and it's it's Croner. Um, what uh, <laughs> what do you make of Craig Conroy as the general manager of the Calgary Flames? I absolutely love it. I think it was it was such a great move. I would I was I was concerned there for a second. Obviously, not speaking to a single person within the Flames organization, nor do the Flames, uh, uh, you know, run anything by me. I, I don't know if you know that, but they don't kind of run their executive decisions and. and well, hey, they still I haven't. They still haven't come to their senses, hey. Right, they haven't, and so you know, obviously, with me, with having no inside information whatsoever. I am so excited that they, they've hired a guy like Craig Conroy. Not only um, is he the right man for the job, he's got a great attitude. You know, and everybody talks about putting in their dues, and I hate that term. It, it drives me nuts because I've heard it my whole life. But if there's a guy that put in his dues to, to, to be, get an executive job, to be a GM in the National Hockey League, it, it's Craig Conroy. And, and you know, he, he's personable. He's, he wears his heart on his he's a, he's, He wears his heart on his sleeve. But He's humble. He's got a lot of humility to him. He wants everybody to succeed. And, and the man's got a plan, and he, he, he's going to execute it. And it, and it potentially may take him some time to get, get through. Who knows? Because it's his first go-around. I believe he's got the support in place. And, and when they named him the, the general manager, it was just, for me, you know, and, and what I don't like, too, is a lot of times teams will go to, you know, you know, reach into the time machine and grab uh, a player that, that had success with the organization and put him into some type of role where people are, see, you know, we're, 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 uh, we're, we're trying to make this better because he's a winner and he used to play for the team and blah, 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 blah. This has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Craig Conroy is deserving. He's intelligent. He cares. He wants his team to succeed. And, uh, and, uh, and I think it's just that it's one of the smartest moves the Flames honestly have ever made. What uh, what what should his uh, if you were him if he, and and maybe maybe he changes this maybe he's like yeah you know what Croner I really want to run stuff by you before uh, before we make moves so if if Conroy comes to you and he's like yeah Croner what should we do in net what would your advice be 
I would say trade with R, bring in Wolf, and live or die with Markstrom and Wolf. Okay. I, I and that's not a knock against Ladar, and I know that Wolf has another year in his contract. So, um, if, if if I had a, I'm giving my honest opinion. That's that's what I would do. But having said that, you have to take into account that Wolf has got another year left on his contract, and contractually, it doesn't matter if you send Wolf back to the minors because he won't go anywhere. Doesn't have to clear waivers. Doesn't have to do any of that stuff. I would just say if you care about the hockey player and the progression he's the the, the progression he's been on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guy doesn't really have a lot to left to prove in the American Hockey League. And that's, you know, and that's not really uh, a reason why you need to play in the National Hockey League. But having said that, I think Wolf can do what Lodar can do. And I think you probably get a third or fourth rounder for Lodar. You might and be able to get better than that. Maybe, right, right. Who knows? But uh, I think they picked up Lodar for a third rounder, maybe. They did. I, yep, I did. they did. So get your money back and uh, give the kid a chance and, and, and hope that... Uh, Markstrom doesn't have a a, a, a bad year. I'm, I'm, he's due to to obviously come back. There's going to be a totally different scenery there. I think it'll be more conducive to all those players. I think Markstrom will be better. Um, I I don't view him as a Markstrom as a top five goalie in the National Hockey League. He could be maybe top ten, but he was more of a 11, 12 guy for me. But he's capable of obviously doing it, and I think. Uh, uh, Wolf would be uh, would would be a, a welcome addition, and then give him more ice time and and and, and see where it goes. Stay on the line, but uh, appreciate it as always, pal. Thank you, Croner. Hey, thanks for making time for me, Patrick. Always, always make time for you, Brent Cron, our goaltending analyst on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344.